Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you're looking for an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, you can always contact Denise and Lori. They are great people to talk with. If you need to find them, just visit our website, which is the cfax1070.com website. Look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. And there you'll find their contact information. Or you can always find me, as many listeners often do on a weekly basis. Also, if you're looking for an expert realtor to help you with a purchase or sale of your property, you can always call me. I am, after all, a 26-year local veteran and top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. Our show has been all about real estate. Obviously, the name is The Whole Home Show. We've been talking about so many uh, topics that listeners are enjoying, about the house maintaining properties, knowing about how to negotiate, mortgage tips, things in the news. Uh, But housing means so many different things. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, housing those in need. Uh, we have with us today guest Paul Latour, who's the executive director of Hero Work Society. And for those of you who don't know what or who Hero Works is, you will after our show today. Been doing some amazing work uh, in town, as has Threshold Housing Society. And we'll have their executive director, Malk, Mark Muldoon, talking about the great works there uh, as well. Uh, our listeners who are, have been listening on a regular basis know that we've had other shows as well with other organizations. There's so many great organizations in town here. I mean, let's face it, Victoria is one of these places where housing is a concern. You know, we've been talking about affordability. Uh, we've been talking about the entire spectrum and the, the housing continuum because, yeah, sure, we've got mansions in the uplands. But on the far end of the spectrum, there are those who are having a very difficult time uh, finding homes, living hard on the street, uh, or people that we don't even know that have difficulty finding uh, places to to live. We'll be talking a little bit about that today. We're going to start our show, as we always do, with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about anything real estate here in Victoria, call us on our hotline which is 250-414-6540. Or you can, again, find us online, www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss your question on the air. Uh, I had an email this week from Sarah that asked two questions. Sounds like she is looking to buy a home. Uh, she's asked, how many homes should I view before buying one, and how long does it take to buy a home? Uh, what You know... <laughs> It really depends. So uh, I'll tell you this, Sarah. We have had people buy the first house they've seen. We've also had, I can remember right now, a buyer that I had some time ago. It took him five and a half years, and I lost count of how many homes. Uh, I'm going to guess we probably showed him maybe 80 or 90 properties before he made that decision. So you're wondering how many homes should you view? It really depends. I suppose part of your question has to do with how clear you are on your needs and, and what your housing picture looks like. Do you know with certainty what area that you want to be in, what amenities you need to be close to, uh, what schools, for instance, you need to be uh, nearby, or recreation things? Do you have a good sense of size? 
uh, or specifically what type of property you're looking at. I mean, obviously that does have a um, affordability context there. So you're going to want to speak to your mortgage person. Make sure you've got your mortgage in place uh, in order to know how much you have to spend. That's going to be a, a big picture. I, I am sure there are people out there that spend a lot of time searching. One of the neat things today with technology, of course, with Realtor.ca, for instance, you can go shopping online and just browse at houses all you want. I'm sure there are people out there who have been looking for 10 years just for fun. Uh, but the other part, too, is your need to move. Like, do you have a pressing or urging, uh, urgent need? Uh, is the family growing? Uh, do you need to downsize? Is it an investment property? So many things to consider. It really, really depends on how clear, as I said, your needs are as far as your real estate purchase is concerned. Uh, as far as how long it takes to buy a home, like I just said, uh, can be a day can be five years. Uh, it really depends. Now, I, actually, I want to I bring up a little bit of the story with that fella that took five and a half years to buy. Like I said, it was some time ago. I, I cannot help but think that he would have done better off had he bought sooner in the process because one of the things about waiting five years, and it was a cycle where the market was increasing, had he bought four years or five years before, he would have had the benefit of uh, the appreciation of value that the property had. He was just a renter. So for five years, his housing cost was rent. That went really nowhere. And, um, you know, we can never time these things. Obviously, we don't know what the market's going to do. We don't have that crystal ball. We don't know how uh, values will be in five years' time. In his particular case, I do personally feel he would have been better off had he acted quicker. And even if he had bought a house early on in the process that wasn't perfect for him, for him uh, he would have had the opportunity to move up into the right property when it came along because of the fact that he had uh, value appreciation. So many things to think about. The, the, the biggest tip I have to say, though, uh, Sarah, if you, if you are in the process of buying right now, is just be prepared. This is a, a message that we've had on the show pretty well since the first day I started here. In order for you to succeed, especially in a market like right now where we have low inventory, there is often a competing offer situations out there, you have to be amply prepared. So have your mortgaging, uh, your banking set. Denise Webster, our uh, friendly mortgage broker and sponsor of our show here, will always say, don't just get a, um, uh, a pre-qualification from your bank or mortgage. You know, uh, oftentimes people go to the bank and speak to a teller uh, and they do the math saying, all right, this is what you earn, so this is what you should be able to buy. That's not good enough. You really need to have your banker or your mortgage broker go through everything, including getting your uh, pay stubs, your T4s, your notice of assessments uh, from uh, Revenue Canada because you want to make sure that you have a complete bulletproof pre-approval for when that property comes up so that you're able to act on it, especially if you have to compete on it. Scary thing, uh, we're seeing less of it nowadays, but the scary thing is when we've had those multiple offer bidding war scenarios, people like yourself have had to jump in without conditions to financing or building inspection or things like that. Just be prepared uh, and be ready. You'll enjoy the process a, a lot more. So to further answer your question, Sarah, it really depends. It depends on uh, your urgency, how much you need to move. Um, the, again, we've had people move. Uh, I've, I had one recently, in fact, where they made an offer. 
uh, and they I, they were new in the process because they were a relocation from another town. I think they spent maybe three days looking at homes, and they ended up uh, being unconditional and moving in within 14 days. So sometimes it can happen that quickly, but it really depends on if all your ducks are in a row and uh, what your family needs are. As always, if you have a question about real estate that you'd like answered in our show, just visit the cfax1070.com website, or you can call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. Leave a message. Be sure, by the way, to leave your phone number as well, too, just in case I need to follow up with you to get further detail on your question. Uh, or if you are, by the way, a podcast listener, you can find our show, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, on iTunes or Google Play. It's a great way to catch up on some fantastic past episodes that we've had uh, over the past few months. The real estate market is continuing to go uh, at a good pace here. Victoria remains one of these places where people want to move to. Uh, We've seen softening in other marketplaces. Uh, The metropolitan centers like Vancouver and Toronto continue to be very busy. They are seeing a very... Very different marketplaces, though, within their areas. For instance, Toronto uh, has become a condo market or a residential market. Their condo market uh, is as strong as it's ever been. The residential market actually has become a balanced market. So we've had years of strong seller's market. Uh, a lot of this has to do with the uh, some of the changes that the governments have stepped in and done both in the GTA, the Toronto area, and in Vancouver. Uh, But all in all, the year 2017 is going to finish off very strong, and uh, most feel that 2018 will be strong as well. That includes Victoria as well. And one of the reasons, of course, is that everyone wants to move here, uh, which we're going to talk about after the break here uh, with our first guest, Paul Latour, Executive Director of HeroWorks Society. We are going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, we're going to learn all about the great works that HeroWorks does. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Last Remembrance Day, I had the opportunity to partake in a community legacy tour. And a number of us were on a coach bus, and we had the opportunity to view four properties in town. We went to Forest House. We, which is a Threshold Housing Society property. We went to Citizens Counseling Center, uh, the Rainbow Kitchen, and also Anawim House. And the reason why we were invited to view these properties uh, is to see some of the works that Hero Work has done here in Greater Victoria. We have with us, uh, as our guest right now, the Executive Director of Hero Work, Paul Latour. Paul, thanks for coming. Well, I'm excited to be here, Tony. Thanks for inviting me. You know, I've got to say that the Community Legacy Tour was was fun for me because of the fact that I was, uh, I've was i been to four, three of the four properties, so I got to see them uh, sort of before and after. Uh, and I've got to say I, I, was, I was blown away. Uh, let's tell the listeners exactly what it is that Hero Work does. Uh, well, Hero Work is a charity that renews other charity buildings. Uh, we do this in a very specific way in which we mobilize the community. Uh, we call it a modern-day version of an old-fashioned barn raising, uh, where we put on a huge community event in which there is a renovation where we n- renew a home or renew a building uh, for a charity. Uh, these events are quite large, so you can have 
as many as uh, 130 companies to 70 companies from a volunteer perspective, anywhere from as low as 200 volunteers to 500 volunteers, all coming together uh, to experience the power of our community in Victoria to renew a, a building for a charity that is making a huge difference. Here. Well, so an example is Annawim House, which was the last property that we stopped at. So I was the uh, vice chair of Annawim House for several years. Oh, I, I sat on the board for a long time. Uh, I know the property because I've spent countless hours there. And when you think about a, an organization that does so much good work in the community, they often don't have either the financial or the um, technical need or, or know-how, or uh, ability, I'm sorry, or know-how to be able to improve their property right in the case of animal house it, it has been around for a long time very well run but just like your residential home you need to upgrade things over time uh, you need to expand as uh, as is needed uh, and this is where hero work uh, came in so let's talk about the animal uh, build for a little bit well, uh, like you say, a great organization, and it's... And we, we've actually had Terry on our show before. Oh, have you? Oh, Terry's it. just fantastic. We really enjoyed uh, our time working with them. And like you say, so many charities, they're delivering their mandate. Their expertise is delivering and, and helping the vulnerable people that they serve. Their mandate is not how to repair your building or creating and designing a building that makes them more efficient, makes them able to better deliver their mandate. Mm -hmm. And so they approach us when they have challenges with their building or they need a renovation or there are things that are below code or they're looking to increase what it is that they do and need more infrastructure. And we shepherd them through the whole process of what is the initial scope of, uh, of work to connecting the renovation to their mandate. It's very important to connect those two things together. And then we do the whole project management. We take care of the renovation. And one of the great things about using our modern day barn raising is that we do it in a really short period of time, so we don't disrupt their 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 mandate. Yeah, because uh, they for, still need to function on a daily basis. They still need to function. Yeah. So uh, for uh, the Anawan House, uh, it was typically a, a th would have been three months to do that renovation. We did it in three weekends for them. Yeah. So they were closed down. Part of their part of their program stayed running the whole time, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, the part of their program they had to shut down for well, as a through. as a reminder to our listeners. So Anawan House, which has been in existence uh, since I think 1990, they house seven men for full-time, who are just basically at their last stop before entering market rent, often uh, gentlemen that have uh, gone through hard times. Uh, they also feed, um, I think it's about 45 people a day, yep. uh, lunch. Uh, they also provide showers and laundry uh, services uh, to those uh, who need it, because these are things that you know we take for granted, uh, but uh, most definitely needed uh, in the streets. But like what you were saying, they... An organization like that can't close down for an extended amount of time. They have to remain functional. And the job that you did at Animum House, the the roof came off. I mean, that the whole art room there. That was a that was a pretty big job. Yeah, we did an extension uh, to the building in which we extended what this what was their uh, art therapy space and then turned it into a big grand room. And you said you you install a thirty two foot. I beam or something steel I beam. Yeah, it was a, it was a laminated beam. Okay. It was exciting for me. I'm not the contractor guy. We have a director of renovations, Peter Smither, and and uh, so for me to get up in the rafters with my hard hat on and have this 35 foot beam craned in with about an inch uh, play on either side, um, was kind of was uh, was exciting for me. But in the end, uh, you look at that building now and the quality of our uh, trades that come to bear on these projects. So you can't 
even tell that the building was extended. Mm-hmm. Um, the seamlessness between what was there and what uh, what ended up uh, being done in the end was uh, was just beautiful. And but for us, it's really about you know helping Anawan deliver their mandate, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to serve um, the vulnerable, the people that come there, the people that are coming off the street or need uh, access to services. These are the people that um, that were that were there to serve. And uh, in each of the elements, whether that's the the new um, a nurses station or the bike repair shop or the additional offices or in doing the landscaping it's about who are these people what do they need what do they need in terms of a home in terms of a building mm-hmm. that will one make them feel proud about who they are because they know that community came together and renovated this place for them and they have a real sense of pride for that but making the making the job easier for Anawan staff making the job easier for Anawan's volunteers mm-hmm. Um, so that we really deliver a comprehensive solution um, that they'll be happy with for, for many years to come. So, you know, can't say enough good things about, uh, about Anawan or Threshold, who we'll talk about, talk about later. Yeah. Um, each of the charities um, we serve here in Victoria are real, real heroes, and, um, you know, uh, it's a pleasure and an honour to, to serve with them. So we're here with Paul Latour from HeroWork talking about the projects that HeroWork Society has done here in Greater Victoria. And again, this is a real estate show. We talk about housing. This is housing because we're talking about housing people at Anawam House. Uh, we'll be talking with Mark in a moment about the Threshold uh, Housing Society. Uh, I, I think one of the things that people need to understand is we need hero work because these organizations, they operate on a shoestring budget to begin with. And they are maximizing, fully leveraging. Anawim House doesn't get any government funding, right? They're fully leveraging every donation that comes in. And uh, they are doing, as you said, their mandate, which is not necessarily spending donated funds to um, do beautification process mm-hmm. or beautification project. It is not a renovation. It is a functional. It is for their growth. It is in order for them to help uh, uh, more people in the community, right? Exactly true. I mean, you know how important space is. If you don't have the space to deliver that program or if that space doesn't work properly, um, then it's actually hard to, to, uh, to deliver that. If you, uh, as in Mark's case, uh, if, if you don't have a house to house the kids, how can you house the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, the mustard seed doesn't have the building to deliver um, their food products, how can they do that? You know, the list goes on and oh on. Oh my goodness, I totally forgot about the mustard seed visit on that on the tour, on the Community Legacy Tour. So we did that as well. Yeah, we did that one as well. Yeah. But, but it, and so not this isn't the case in every charity, but there is a whole list of uh, key and, uh, important charities that really need uh, that space working well. Yeah, and I mean, a great example is the Rainbow Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, so I have also, I've served there, I've donated there, uh, I have friends who are on the board, and the old kitchen needed help. Oh, there were so many problems with that building. You know, they first approached us, um, this is the this is the mindset of many charities, because they're on a shoestring, they're just trying to get make ends To meet. exist, they, yeah. Well, And they applied to get their bathroom, to get a new bathroom. They had one bathroom yes. that served 125 people And volunteers. Day, and volunteers, and it was a single-use bathroom, so there was always a lineup. And we said, you absolutely need a bathroom. But have you seen the rest of your building? You go into their kitchen. You used to get a <laughs> shock when you touched the stove. They had a broom handle, yeah. keeping a, all uh, the coolers keeping were in the, the basement. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's sorting uh, food out in the rain. And you're going up and down slippery stairs. They've got no refrigeration uh, properly uh, done upstairs. 
um, there were so many things that we really wanted to make the building good for them. Mm. And uh, so now they can serve more people more efficiently, better health standards, uh, less food wastage, um, higher retention of volunteers. Uh, again, uh, they're growing their own food in the, in the garden space. And that actual particular building, it's a hub. So even though the Rainbow Kitchen is the key person who utilizes, a key organization that utilizes it, there's actually 20 other organizations that utilize Amazing. that space. Well, you know, there's so much more we need to talk about. You're not going anywhere because we're going to have you back. We do have to take a quick little break here. Sure. When we come back, we're going to talk with Mark. But uh, after that, we'll have a conversation with the two of you. Uh, back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. We just had a conversation with Paul Latour from Hero Work talking about some renovations, um, barn, barn building, right? Modern-day modern day barn raising. Barn raising, I'm sorry. We're going to talk with you more about that afterwards, too. Uh, some of the great uh, jobs that Hero Work has done here in Greater Victoria. Now we have with us the Executive Director of the Threshold Housing Society, Mark Muldoon. Mark, thanks for coming. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for being here. Now, one, actually the first place that we got to see on the uh, Community Legacy Tour back on Remembrance Day was Forest House, which is your property uh, on um, in uh, in the Fairfield Fernwood Oak Bay um, tribe area that That's we'd right. like to talk about. Um, tell us about Forest House. Forest House was a property that was gifted to us back in 2014. Um, it was a, a house that was appropriate for transitional housing for youth at risk of being homeless. So we wanted to utilize it the best we could. Um, it had a lot of challenges in terms of its need for renovations and some TLC. Um, and as Paul mentioned in the last segment, um, as an organization that deals with youth care, our our priority is not property management or renovation, so we were looking for, for help to uh, get us through this renovation period, and happily we were able to um, uh, gain the help of Hero Work to come, and they did a great job in uh, renovating the house. Well, it shows. And it yeah. shows, yes, that's up, absolutely. So we were able to increase our ability to house by eight youth. Wow. Um, but speaking of which, tell us about Threshold Housing Society. What, what do listeners need to know about your organization? Well, Threshold Housing Society has been servicing the community, uh, Greater Victoria, since 1990. Our first house opened in 1992, our second house in uh, 1997, and then 2014 with the coming of Forest House, and that's most recently last year, Threshold House in the Oak Bay area. We serve youth who are at risk of being homeless, which means that um, they've either been abandoned or escaping abuse or aging out of foster care. At any one time in the greater Victoria region, there's about 200 youth in need of such services. We do not do shelter work or overnight uh, emergency shelter. But there's other agencies that do that. There's other agencies that do that, and, and uh, the community certainly needs that. We deal with um, and we offer long-term transitional housing, which means that we have youth who are living right now either um, in an unaccompanied way in a precarious housing situation. Uh, they, they could be couch surfing. They could be living in someone's basement with an unscrupulous landlord. Um, in the meantime, they're trying to finish school. They're trying to hold down a job. Um, these are youth who 
um, again, are, are not entrenched in the street life, but they're trying to hold their life together uh, without living in a very stable environment. Yeah, and, and, and that, I, that I understand, these are youth that, I mean, they do not, you would not identify them as um, uh, in, in a tricky, tricky life situation right now because these are kids that, that we would see on, uh, you know, in the community not knowing that they're having this difficulty, right? That's right. They, but nonetheless, they are highly marginalized. They're, they're disconnected from family. They're disconnected yeah. usually from their peer group um, because they don't want, most of them do not self-identify as being homeless. So they're in this strange period of trying to mature. They're adolescents, of course. They're going through a very difficult part of life. They don't want to say that I'm homeless uh, to their friends and whatnot. So in the meantime, they are living in a very precarious situation, most of them. And our job is to make sure, first, they have stable housing. Secondly, that they have the capacity to go forward in their lives through proper life skill training and transitional planning. Many come uh, into our services without any idea of how to for example, uh, write a resume, how to apply for social assistance if they need it, how to get uh, access to community resources, how to get back into school, um, how to go forward in terms of getting their life back together with perhaps counseling, uh, addiction counseling, so on and so forth. So they need a lot of services. Um, you can imagine any youth, 16, 17, 18. It's a tough enough time as it is, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Being disconnected from family and from your network of relationships that have nurtured you or not nurtured you, and then finding how to make a ends meet in this city. And um, I, I think you and your listeners would appreciate that uh, the importance of a stable housing situation, that uh, we all want to go home at night, close the door behind us, and begin to heal, refresh ourselves for the next day. Uh, you can imagine a youth 16 not being able to go home, uh, not being able to have a place to call a sanctuary and to heal. Many of the youth that come into our housing situations uh, have never had a private room before. Mm. So th this is all, again, building this capacity in them to become good renters uh, and good community members eventually. But they need a helping hand up. Um, they've been, again, disconnected from the community, and they we're really in about trying to, through housing and uh, engagement, to reconnect them so they feel normal. They don't feel um, as if they're somehow abnormal, as, which as a teenager is a, not a good feeling to have. No. So basically to feel part of the community. That's right. Yeah. We're here with Mark Muldoon, who's the executive director of Threshold Housing Society. So um, you've handled a number of properties since 1990, mm -hmm. right? Uh, how how do people find the Threshold Housing Society? So, the, so to be a teen in need, how do they bump into your organization? Um, well, the best way is just to go to our website, thresholdhousing.ca, and um, click on the necessary links. Um, we do a lot of online referrals with youth, but we also have other information there. Um, we work with a lot of agencies in the community uh, about referrals, everything from the Ministry of uh, Family, Children and Family Development to uh, Youth Empowerment Society. Um, high schools and high school teachers are a large referral source these days. So, um, it, and we, so it's by word of mouth and social media and, and other forms of, of connection in the community. Um, we deal with, um, again, youth who are on the margins. So agencies working with people on the margins would know who we are. Yeah. But I think it's really important the community understands that in helping youth today, um, we're diverting 
people who might potentially fall into adult homelessness tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we see ourselves trying to turn off the tap to adult homelessness by working with youth today. Youth only need one or two degrees of intervention to prevent their lives from falling into chronic homelessness and chronic poverty. This is a smart way of ending homelessness. Again, it goes back, again, to I think the whole sense of this show, Tony, how important a home and a house is to the social determination of one's health and well-being in a community. That stable housing means an awful lot. As I mentioned before, about being able to come home, lock the door, and heal and somehow um, revitalize yourself in the privacy of your own sanctuary. Yeah. Um, everyone likes that. Everyone uh, craves that, even though a lot of times we take it for granted. But for a youth who does not have that opportunity, it is a real crisis that causes depression and anxiety. And that's why when youth come into our services, the first several months it's about stabilizing them lowering the anxiety level so that they yeah, see so it's, it's not just providing it's not just providing room. housing no, no it's not housing only it's not just a yeah. roof only it's about giving them that engagement piece yeah. a lot of them have lost trust in adults so we want to build positive relationships with staff so that they can move forward and make connections in the community and understand that they do have um, the power of advocacy and they are empowered to be their own best advocates for getting what they need um, because right now there is no going home um, we work on family reconnection sometimes, but it doesn't work all the time. So they really have to begin, again, build that capacity to be their own best advocates when it comes to looking for rental situations in the future. We give them the the tools to become good renters through Ready to Rent Society. We help them overcome grief issues. Uh, we give them the ability to learn to cook, uh, how to work with other, uh, work on their social abilities, so on and so forth. So it's a comprehensive program. It's not just about housing. It's about helping a, a, an adolescent become an adult in a very short amount of time. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up what you did a few moments ago, which was, again, you know, if, if a listener is saying, hey, why are we listening to social housing uh, stuff here on a real state show it's because of the fact that it, it is important to, mm-hmm. uh, to the community's health mm-hmm. people need a, a place to live and again whether it is um, you know unfortunately living hard on the streets or the other end of the spectrum which is you know fantastic luxury home housing is something that is that is paramount in in people's minds exactly and it no, shouldn't be taken for granted definitely not so Mark, if people need to reach you uh, what's the best way the website is the website thresholdhousing.ca mm-hmm. and uh, click in on any of the different um, uh, links there and um, we'll we'll get in touch with you Fantastic. Well, Mark, uh, stay here because we're going to have a conversation after the break with both you and Paul talking about some of the great works that Threshold Housing Society and Hero Work has done here in Greater Victoria. So we're going to take a quick little break. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tony Joe, and this is The Whole Home Show. We've been talking today about Hero Work Society and Threshold Housing Society, which are two uh, of the many agencies in Greater Victoria that provide help to those in need, specifically housing help, because, of course, this is The Whole Home Show. It is The Whole Home Show. It's not just homes. It's homes of every sort. So I'm glad that any of you who have started listening to uh, this particular episode have stayed with us because this is a very important message. Uh, one call-out that i like to make right now is a new program that uni- the United Way of Greater Victoria has, and it is BC211 for anyone who doesn't know about this. I suggest that you visit the website, uh, the United Way, uwgv.ca slash bc211, and there you'll find 
Um, here's the description of it. If you've ever been concerned about a challenge overwhelming a friend, neighbor, family member, or even yourself, there are hundreds of programs and services available across our region to help people with a wide variety of issues. But the question is, where do you start? Uh, BC211 is a uh, is an operation, has been an operation in other provinces across Canada and throughout the United States. And at the United Way of Greater Victoria, they are implementing this to help people, uh, individuals, and community service providers access services help them access what they need and when they need it. So I would encourage you to uh, investigate a little bit more about BC211, yet again, another service here in Greater Victoria that helps our community. Getting back to our guests, we have Paul Latour from Hero Work. Uh, Paul, again, thanks for coming. My pleasure. Yeah, and Mark Muldoon, uh, both executive directors. Mark is the executive director of Threshold Housing Society. Let's just go back a step because uh, we were talking about the community legacy tour where uh, people like myself, how many people were on that bus, by the way? It's about 40 people on the bus. There were 40 of us. Yeah. It was fan- And, you know, okay, it was Remembrance Day, which is a holiday for many. I would not have missed that. And it was it was fantastic. It, it was an exciting because even myself as the founder and executive director, I'd never seen most of the builds or many of the builds all in a single day. So yeah. you really get to see the scope and the range of these buildings that are that are that are in our community that are embedded in our neighborhoods. And I've got to tell you, it's for me in the real estate business. I mean, it it uh, it's what I'm familiar with because I'm used to going on tours to look at houses, right? Yeah. Of course, this is a little different because it was uh, properties in the community, right? And uh, the first property that we looked at was Forest House with uh, Threshold Housing Society. We touched on this a little bit at the uh, beginning when we were talking with you, Mark, about the fact that the property was uh, was was donated, right? That's right. Yeah. So um, without getting into too much depth, how, like how does an agency like Threshold Housing find a donor to donate something like a house? I mean, they don't. They don't come easy, right? It, not in this uh, particular region, um, yeah. you know, where, where markets is very tight, uh, land values are very high, so on and so forth. But um, it does come from donors who have had experience with um, either being homeless or have dealt with the population of a vulnerable uh, group of people like youth who understand um, that stable housing is the cornerstone of moving ahead when you're, um, again, marginalized or disenfranchised in the community. Stabilizing one's housing gets them um, right off the the start for a better life. Mm -hmm. And um, so those donors who understand that, and over the years, I have met many who uh, have become successes in life, but but all claimed to have had a rough start in life, perhaps were homeless for a span of time, but were able, you know, through the help of agencies or a single individual, um, were able to get their lives back on track and um, chase their dreams. So they have a unique understanding. That's of, right. Yeah. And that's right. It, it is the case that if you've been homeless, it does leave something in your psyche about, you know, um, survival and um, the need to be, go beyond survival and live. And again, we live well when we have a stable housing situation. For sure. Now, one of the other things, too, is I, I have had Habitat for Humanity uh, here on the air as well, and uh, that I do understand. Sometimes mm-hmm. people will donate a property because it is often a tax benefit as mm-hmm. well, too, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And from our perspective, the, if a donor is giving a property, but the property is not right for the charity that they actually wanted to go to, that's exciting for us because that's infrastructure, that's home or housing or, or a building for a charity that doesn't actually exist in their community and that's needed. Mm-hmm. And so the valuation or our personal value for that project just rises because when we saw this 
building that was an amazing donation but needed a huge amount of work to actually work for the uh, for the youth um, we were excited to uh, to make that happen it, so. and it's, it's an amazing structure because it, it basically is a little mini apartment block it's, it's four units right it is four units so yeah. two up two down yeah. and uh, but it had uh, the perimeter drain was clogged. Mm. It had plumbing problems. It had, had everything. Uh, it, it had everything. The kitchens yeah. all need to replace stacks, roof work, um, and uh, it was just great to bring in the designers and all the people to make this building uh, great for the neighborhood. So the property values, I believe, increased around yeah. them, yeah. Uh, lifted up that little corner. But uh, to to be able to have youth into an apartment that mm -hmm. that one was built by community, but two had their own designer designing. It was like a home show when you mm -hmm. walked into those places and I can yeah. just imagine and I met some of these youth and got to know them while we were doing this build just amazing uh, young people who are just looking to to lift themselves up but when you walk into a space like that and go wow this is where I'm gonna live now yeah. um, I, that yeah, was great yeah and I should add that um, when Hero Works finished this particular project, it was house ready. Uh, um, yeah. You know, you, you might be thinking, well, when Hero Works finishes, you know, they've roughed in this wall, they, they've done something, and so on and so forth. But actually, it, everything from the dishware to the curtains it was all there. To the decorations, the embellishments were all there. It was ready for people to move in. That was the joy of this particular project on Hero Works' behalf, is because. We basically didn't have to go out and search for beds, and, and every, I think even the linens were there. So it really was an incredible uh, feat uh, to do it in such a short amount of time yeah. and to move forward with it. How long was that build, Paul? Uh, that build took uh, a little over three weeks. So uh, three, three weeks, three weekends was the primary build. Wow. It was about a week of preparatory work where we did our excavation and perimeter drain. These are the when you have the big equipment on site, you can't have a bunch of volunteers there. But then uh, three weekends um, to do most of the work, and then there's a bit of work that happens during the week. Uh, mm -hmm. Things like flooring, and if you're getting sprayers out and things like that, uh, that you can't have lots of people around. But primarily, most eighty to ninety-five percent of all the work was done on. On the three weekends. Wow, we're here. We're here with Paul Latour, Executive Director of Hero Work Society, and also Mark Muldoon, Executive Director of Threshold Housing Society. It's almost like almost like these TV shows where you see you know a complete redo of, of a property, and it, it yeah, is it uh, is just amazing. Right? Another way of thinking about it is an extreme makeover. Uh, you know, yeah. they had that show where you they tear down houses and build them back up again in a single week. Mm -hmm. If you just take out the Disneyland and the yes, Hollywood, yes, uh, that's kind of what we do. Um, and uh, I can't say enough about the trade. Here in okay, Victoria. and let's talk about that because we were on the tour with a number of trades. So I got to meet uh, people who worked on the sites and everything. Um, these people now, because uh, it's hard to find trades nowadays, and and construction is expensive. So how do you wrangle all these people together? And um, you you leverage, of course, right? So. Um, it's not like paying market uh, um, amounts for trades and all that. Tell us about how that how that works. Uh, well, uh, we don't uh, wrangle them. They they want to come. They're inspired to Great. come. I find that, in, and through our program, we save the charity approximately seventy percent of the value of the renovation. Um, okay, this is important now. So yeah. they're not. It's not costing like street or market uh um, no no typically um the recipient charity these days will provide seed money yeah. that's uh, equal to about 30 percent of the value of the renovation so they're basically getting a renovation for about 30 percent so about 30 percent amazing and, 
the the trades, you know, they, they want to make a difference. They want to uh, get involved with the community. The challenge is, is one of time and simplicity. So they don't want scope creep in terms of you asking more uh, than what you initially asked for. They don't want to deal with all the administration. They don't want to deal with all of the others. They want to come in. They want to make a big difference in a short period of time and get back out again. Mm-hmm. And what we provide for them is uh, an ability to showcase themselves as community members, but an experience of community as well. Because when they go into a normal renovation, it's, you know, you're doing your job, but here you're coming into a community event. It's part of somebody's life. It's part of somebody's life. They have, you know, we have volunteers who assist them. They don't lift and carry their own wood. We have other people that uh, that take care of that stuff. We all stop for lunch and dinner. The entire site shuts down. We bring hotels and restaurants to come in and cater the food. Often we'll have live music um, for them. We have our opening uh, ceremony and our big extravaganza at the end. When you we make it fun. Close. We make it fun. We create an experience. Yeah. And uh, so we find that our trades want to come back again and again um, just to give their one or two days a year or in some cases, they'll give a couple of weekends a year um, uh, to a project, but it's the, the leverage point of them being involved um, is huge. They bring understanding, they bring um, the uh, type of expertise that's necessary, and we also have um, trades who help us to coordinate the event. So we'll have uh, project managers, we'll have trade leads, so we'll have one key electrician who's in charge of coordinating the electri- electrical across um, the project. Even though you have maybe four other companies doing the work, you have one guy or one person with 40 years of experience and mm-hmm. can talk about the different nuances that are that are available. But um, you're, yeah. you're talking about the electrician, right? I'm talking, yeah. Yeah, because so, so I spent, Louis, yeah. I spent from, time with him on the, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. From, uh, from Huol, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have architects and engineers. Um, it's, just that, it's that wealth and depth of knowledge that, that was there to, to, to volunteer is amazing. Yeah, and the the, the builds are, are quite complex at times, and you really need that level of uh, experience and understanding to be able to do the speed at which we do um, these projects. Uh, yeah, because it would be very different if it was a six-month build or something. Yeah, no, I mean, when the uh, when a trade comes in, so we we'll, might have one company that's framing this room while another company's framing another room, creates a great team building experience mm-hmm. for them. Um, and they, they come into the site, they know what it is that they're doing in advance, they know when they're supposed to start, when they're supposed to end, they know the supply is going to be there, how many volunteers that they have, and they come in and they, and they get that job done. So now, if a listener here is interested in participating in some way, so what, what are you looking for? What do you need? Uh, well, we have all sorts of um, roles. So the trades, uh, then go to herowork.com and uh, click the how to help button. There's a there's a, there's a a button for trades to uh, sign up or contact us. Okay. Uh, getting companies involved, we'd like to deal with companies uh, on, a, on a one-to-one basis. So we actually create an experience for their team. And then there's uh, general volunteers. So we have an any one event, event uh, anywhere from 40 to uh, as many as 60 coordinators for the various elements, as yeah. volunteer coordinators. This can be uh, food, volunteer check-in, uh, site maintenance, a whole bunch of things in addition to the, to, uh, to the trade leads as well. Yeah, it's a significant operation. So, so anyone, who's interest, anyone who's listening who's interested, visit the website, which again is? HeroWork.com. 
Great. And uh, and you take donations as well, too, right? Financial? Yeah, 100%. And uh, right now, all the donations that are, are brought to our organization, 100% of that donation goes towards the build itself. Um, so it gets carved off from operations. Um, so you can know that uh, those 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 dollars are going directly mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to assisting these uh, renovations and lifting up uh, these important charities in our community. Well, I got to learn more ab- about what you do uh, during the presentation and it's, we don't have time for that. I mean, it's yeah. so deep. Uh, I would I would encourage anyone who's interested to visit the Hero Work website, a drive by um, uh, the sites that you've done. You've done some great stuff, uh, Mark. Uh, again, if people need to reach Threshold Housing Society, yeah, thresholdhousing.ca, and um, again, click on all the links and uh, the contact link, and uh, you're in. And then we can contact you and have a great conversation. Okay. And I just want to add that um, one of the value adds of um, working with hero work is the attention they bring upon small nonprofits like threshold housing yeah. we need attention the community needs to know what we're doing out there as we saw on the tour because there were right. five organizations within the community but thank you mark uh from threshold housing society and paul from hero work uh to coming here and talking about this which is very important in our community uh it is house related and uh you know, that's what we're here to do in the community is, is to help people feel better about themselves, make Victoria a better place, right? It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks for coming. And thanks to the listeners for listening. As always, we'll be here, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe, this time next week.